0: Poker Face is a new 10-episode series on Peacock starring Natasha Lyonne as a woman with the unique ability of knowing for certain when someone lies. The first episode, Dead Man's Hand, is over an hour long and guest stars Adrian Brody and Dasha Polanco, Lyonne's co-star in *Oranges of the New Black. On this podcast, we like to discuss a new installment of a different series every show. It's January 29th, and you're listening to today's episode.
1: So do you know Ryan Johnson? Ryan Johnson, no. Yeah, okay. Well he was the one that made the Glass Onion. The Knives Out story he also made Knives Out back in like twenty nineteen. I know
0: Knives Out. I saw that one. I have not seen The Glass Onion. Well, yet. you've seen other ones, his like Looper, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and other things as well. But- oh, well, he's the second one. He's the one who made the second Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. I actually enjoyed that one. Most people hated it. <laughs> so so uh, well it, less so with Looper though. I didn't like the um plot holes. <laughs> you see, other people would have it the other way around. Other people really like
1: Looper. But I have a game here Three Truths and a Lie. It's Based off of him, I want to see if you can guess which one the lie is. I'm
0: assuming he created Poker Face.
1: Yes, he's, he's the creator of it. Great, cool. So, so go ahead. Starting this off, we have, uh, he directed and Diaz, the Breaking Bad episode. It's considered to be the best TV show episode ever made. And he also directed- it had like episode, a 10 on IMDb for a long time. And he directed the episode, The Fly. The second one is, his brother Aaron Johnson is a music producer who helped produce and co-write a song on the phrase debut album, How to Save a Life. The third one is, this is the first series that he has created where he has not written or directed every episode he's worked on. And then the fourth one is, he has such a close friendship with Joseph Gordon-Levitt that Joseph Gordon-Levitt has appeared in
0: every single one of his films. Hmm. I, hmm. Well, clearly Joseph Gordon-Levitt didn't appear in the Star Wars movie. Okay, so I would have to say that because of that, but otherwise I would have said the first one, the Osmodeus one. Okay. Okay. Well, both of those are true. Both of those Joseph are
1: true. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yeah, sometimes he makes a cameo appearance. So he was
0: in the second Star Wars? Yes, he was in the second was Star Wars. Was he just Wars? like a stormtrooper well, that you never saw his face? I think
1: so, but you remember when we were doing the Mr. Corman research, I told you that he even went went to Ryan Johnson after he finished his first like draft of the screenplay and was like I need some notes for this and Ryan Johnson actually helped him. So I thought that you might remember his like friendship there. No. But also, yeah, too many episodes of this. He directed Awesome Diaz and the Fly episode, uh-huh. and then he also directed like a second uh episode in the fifth season.
0: Well, uh, he did a good job here.
1: Yeah. Well, the third one was actually the, the false one. Uh, this is the first show that he has ever created. But also when he's done other shows, he hasn't written and directed every single one of them. Okay. So yeah, like go into the plot. What is this
0: about? Because I have no idea. You don't know I'm, anything I'm about Poker Face. I do not know. Yeah. Do you know anything about Natasha Lyonne just based off her Russian doll work or from Orange is the New Black? Yeah. She also is in documentary now. No, blue. but I mean like her personality because her personality is what sells what sells her character. In yeah. Everything. She's well, she's like very deadpan, right? No she's very sarcastic she's That's not deadpan I mean. um she's she's definitely sarcastic she kind of has a like a smoky voice like she's like she's Rasky. a smoker but she's yeah. not um and uh and yeah this episode is just it's a whirlwind of, of stuff it's almost like a movie really because i what i understand is that this show is supposed to be kind of like a case by week type thing like i thought that by the end of i this saw episode, i saw that when i looked at the wikipedia and it's a case by week it did not feel that way Uh, It felt like I was watching a movie, and then when it ended, I was like, well, this is going to be interesting where it goes from here because it completely destroys everything that it had set up. So we start with this housekeeper named Natalie. That's not Natasha Lyonne. That's her, um, again, co-star from Orange is the New Black. And in the Heights, yeah. Yeah, Dasha Polanco. And she is working at the Frost Hotel and Casino. She's about to clean the presidential suite, also called the High Roller Room, also room 1848. It's the place they stick the people who are going to be the whales. Right. You know, the ones who are going to pay a lot of money to the casino. They shot the show in New York, but when
1: they shot the casino scenes, they shot that in Nevada, which makes sense because of Las Vegas. But you I know. can't even
0: imagine what part they shot in New York because the whole thing looked like Vegas. It looked like a, it was trying to be Vegas without saying it was Vegas, right? Like even the places that most of the staff worked outside of the casino was just like in trailers or like in very deserted desert like Sahara looking places like there's a lot of Uh, There's a lot of sun. Um, Anyway, so she walks into this room. It's Mr. Casimir Kane's room. He is that whale. He's the oil tycoon. He has his laptop open. He's in the bathroom. And there's some super nefarious content on the laptop, which ironically, we never get to find out what that is. She snaps a photo of it, though. She looks disgusted, concerned, upset. She runs out of the room, goes into the stairwell, and she runs to the head of security of the casino, and his name is Cliff. He's also played by Benjamin Bratt. The bad guy in Coco. Yes, yeah. Also, so he knows how to sing.
1: The only thing I knew him from was like Catwoman. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. He he was the detective back in like two thousand four. People compared the laptop to kind of the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Like you said, you never really see it, but you can. There's probably some like conspiracies as to what it is. Well,
0: a few scenes later, we see Pulp Fiction. Like they're watching it. Oh, on well, the there TV. you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so Cliff runs it up the chain. He goes to his boss, Sterling Jr., Adrian Brody and sterling jr is like kendall or roman roy from succession right yeah because he has been put in charge of this casino because his father is like you are a dimwit you are good good for nothing but you can't screw this up because it runs itself and so that's what he's trying to do is prove his father wrong and make a ton of money uh and and show that he can be a a good
1: That is, that's straight assessment session, yeah.
0: Yeah, so Sterling Jr. doesn't really like this, that this has come up, the fact that he has to get his main customer in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. So he goes through the motions of telling Natalie, he's like, I'm going to take care of this, you take the rest of the day off, he takes her phone, he deletes the photo, he gives it back to her, you can tell something's up, right? She goes home, he sends Cliff after her to get intercept basically before she gets home, uh kill her boyfriend and then stage a murder suicide wow that's so natalie then gets in (laughs) she's murdered and both her and her boyfriend are dead and the gun is put into her boyfriend's hand and so we learn very soon that adrian brody's character sterling jr and cliff have no morals they don't care they just don't want to get how uh, far are we into the episode this is the intro and it was like over an hour right yeah, it's over an hour, but, like, the intro doesn't even show us uh, Charlie, who is Natasha Lee, Right, Leon. the main character, yeah. Yeah. So, all that is done. We see, the, we see the opening text, and then Charlie Kale, she wakes up, and she's in one of those trailers that I was talking about. She's also working at the casino, but instead of being a um, housekeeper, she is one of the cocktail girls. <laughs> right. And she actually carpools with Natalie, so she's very good friends with her and what we see is a few days beforehand it doesn't tell us that but we kind of gather it because the next scene natalie's alive again and they're going to work that's the part of the direction where it's like really awesome because they're not like spelling it out they're not spoon feeding it to you they're expecting you to kind of follow along with what's going on they get to the uh to the casino. They go through the metal detectors. They're off doing their own jobs. And guess what happens? Natalie's boyfriend, the one who was murdered, uh, Jerry, he shows up at the casino. He's drunk. He's yelling for Natalie. He's already given her a black eye. He wants her to, like, talk to him or something. And then they kick him out, right? Yeah. They take his gun and they kick him out. Um, that, that just happens. And then Charlie is called up to the offices to Ster- Sterling jr. She hasn't really spoken to Sterling jr before, but so she assumes that she's getting fired because it turns out she has history with S- Sterling senior. Okay. Senior. Okay. Yeah. So, so, and she's surprised she hasn't been let go earlier back in the day. She was quite the card shark, but and <laughs> she has like a superhuman ability. We so, learned this pretty early. Wait. So it has like
1: superpowers.
0: The ability is this: she can know when anyone's lying. Like, she can just read fe- people's faces incredibly well to a so point where she's is,
1: never wrong. Right. Okay, I need to say, Ryan Johnson, he directed Knives Out, and he always has that thing with lying. In Knives Out, it's like, whenever the person lies, they always throw up. Here, it's like, whenever the person lies, she can always
0: tell. Well, it, that was when she lies. You're talking about Knives Out, yeah. the, the um, again, a housekeeper, right? She always threw up when she lied herself. Ana de
1: Armas, the main character. Yes, yeah. but she
0: didn't lie when other people threw. Hers was less of a superpower, more of an an impediment. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, the, but she, they do have a detective in, in common because uh, what's his face plays the detective. James Bond plays the detective in Nine Daniel Yes. So uh, where am I going with this? Poker Face is the name of the show. Hence, no poker face works with Charlie's power because she can always see she's bluff proof. Mm-hmm. And Sterling Senior uh, saw her doing this kind of like being able to read people so well. And he threatened to like break her fingers, but also offered her a job if she stopped. And she took the job, and she's been working there ever since, right? Okay, interesting. And so once Sterling Jr. hears about this, though, he's like, why are we sticking her in just like as a cocktail waitress, right? I want to use her ability to uh, take this whale for all he's worth. Because apparently that Casimir Kane guy, he has been screwing over the casino a little bit by running private games in his own room outside of the casino's purview so he's had like millions of dollars going on it while they've been giving him free rooms and and sterling jr wants to stop that so what he's going to do is he's going to plant a shell and then have a bunch of cameras in the guy's room set up so that um so that charlie can tell whether or not someone's bluffing and then tell the person their shell when to go in you know, and then steal like 1.5 million dollars <laughs> from Casimir King.
1: Right, I know. I, I this is so people have called it a cross between like Colombo and Ocean's Eleven. I also saw a cross between Colombo and Knives Out. Uh, apparently, this is the Columbo
0: to- The Colombo part comes later on. Yeah, it, but it's definitely because it I call it the
1: Perry Mason moment. It follows the structure of who catch him, which is different than who done it, because much like you were saying in the We bay, know who we, did yeah, it. Yeah, you always know who did it. You just see how they try and catch them by the very end. It's more so. impressive
0: when you see how she figures it out. Yes. Yeah. But this is where the storylines kind of intersect with each other's the first part and this part, because that's when Natalie dies. That's, like, her best friend. And Charlie starts getting, like, rattled and suspicious. She starts an investigation of her own. She doesn't suspect Sterling Jr. or Cliff of doing anything underhanded. But she does go to the Frost County Sheriff Department and says, I see in the photo here that Jerry had his gun in the right hand, but he's left-handed. So why would he shoot her if that's the case? She also breaks into Natalie's uh, trailer, wherever she was living, with Discount Elvis finds her iPad, and then, like, after a day, unlocks it and finds the photo, which Adrian Brody's character, Sterling Jr., had already deleted, but it was in the cloud. And the way she saw it was she saw a picture of a cloud, and then she was like, oh, I can just check the cloud. <laughs> so there was a bunch of dick pics in there, but there was also the photo of the nefarious content, which we still don't know what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And so he, she does the same thing that uh, Natalie did, goes straight to Sterling Jr. and Cliff. <laughs> we know as an audience that we're like, oh, no, oh, no. She's, <laughs> she's in trouble here. But Sterling, like, he's too... Committed to the idea of getting all this money, he wants to impress his father that right. way, right? So he's just do like. Do we ever see? So, so do we ever see? We father? hear the father, but that's not until the end of the episode. Okay. So uh, that's when Sterling tells Cliff, "Hey, just ignore it. She'll she'll get over this really soon." But uh, but for now, they kind of like dismiss everything that she's saying and they downplay it. And she starts to get really suspicious then, um, because originally she thought that the whale guy, the, the Casimir Kane, he saw that she took the photo, that Natalie took the photo and that his people went after. Mm-hmm. But after uh, Sterling was so dismissive about it, she was like, well, they probably had something to do with it, too. And so the sting operation is all set up. They're talking about having the cameras and the lamps and the shell guy with the buzzer in his foot. And Charlie is riddling Sterling with all these questions about her friend, right? Yeah. Like, why would she have come in? Why would she have left early from work? All that stuff. And then later that night, she confronts Sterling and Cliff in the office. At first, it's just Sterling, but then Cliff comes in, right? Mm-hmm. And she's, she, she basically does the Columbo thing that we were talking about earlier. She... says i know what happened and then sterling grabs her phone and is like if you're recording this it's not going to work and she's like i'm not recording it and he's like well great now you're going to go out the window basically they've they've given up and they're just going to kill her right? right And that's where she says, well, I wasn't recording now, but I was recording back when you were talking about all the stuff you were going to do to uh, scam Mr. Kane out of his money. (laughs) And I didn't send it to the police, but I did send it to Mr. Kane, who happened to be late for that private get-together that he was going to have. Turns out, Kane had left. He's told the entire casino community, like all the whales out there, not to trust the Frost Casino anymore. And that hits sterling jr hard because Obviously. he just loses all his business <laughs> yeah. in like one fell swoop and so he just walks out the ba- balcony window and and he kills squat. himself wow yeah he just walks out and we watch it like we see his body <laughs> fall down <laughs> uh,
1: sorry just to make sure that was adrian Brody, yes adrian right? birdie is gone he always star. he always just dies
0: in LA- like everything yes <laughs> but this was a self-inflicted death <laughs> Cliff and 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 uh, and Charlie are just shocked at this point, and they look at each other, and then Cliff realizes he has to kill Charlie, and so he starts running after her with the gun, and his aim is like a stormtrooper's down a hallway because <laughs> he just cannot hit her until the very end. Then he hits her in like the abdomen from the back. She's okay though; she kind of escapes out of a window. And the next scene we see from her, she's like uh, at this diner. And she's sending because she she already helped Kane by kind of telling him about the scam. Right. But she's not willing to give up on this photo that she has. So she sends that to the Frost County Sheriff's Office, but also to the FBI and the CIA saying, hey, look into this. And also Oprah. She also <laughs> sends it to Oprah. You, you never see Oprah, right? <laughs> no, she sends it to CIA.CIA.gov or something. And FBI dot gov and then oprah dot or yeah you know so, what
1: you know what the you know what the phone reminds me of it reminds me of bad times at the old royale whenever this, this when show they, is that's a comparable when they yeah. when they look at the film of what i think was like the porn like movie or whatever but it stars someone famous but you never know who it is it's like it's just that sense of mystery that i'm kind of getting from it but yeah
0: yeah and so then at the very end as she's leaving the diner she gets an unknown number phone call which she answers And it happens to be Sterling Sr. And he says, well, you did it now. I got to come after you. You better just tell me where you are. And she's like, I think I'll I'll just run. And he sounds like Ron Perlman. It is. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I was pretty sure it was Ron Perlman, but we don't see him for sure. And I was like, okay, that that would probably work as a casting thing. And that was where we left it because they can't now show us a full series of the casino life. I thought this was going to be her as a cocktail waitress or as someone who was like scamming people out of their money. But they just, I don't know how they have this much of a budget. They showed us a whole world and then they said, nope, (laughs) we're not going to use it for the rest of the thing. That's why the show was so good. It it had good writing. It was well acted. It was shot like in a very interesting, like the camera would move with the characters. It was... I don't know how to describe it. It wasn't about the landscapes. It wasn't about the environment. It was literally how the camera moved that was very original and interesting and fun. And uh, and I give it a solid eight.
1: You know what's funny is that like I was reading a lot of user reviews, and even people that hated Ryan Johnson says the guy knows how to shoot a scene. I mean, he did Glass Onion and Eyes Out Mystery, and he got like it's now nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. It even won two Golden Globes,
0: and this show itself has gotten critical acclaim as well. And Thank I'll because I was happy. I'm happy to hear that. I like it more than Russian Doll. And I know that one's been more popular with her. Well, this had this has like a hundred
1: percent on Ron Tomatoes and eight point three on IMDB and it's supposed to be a case by week thing. You talk about and it's a on lot. Peacock.
0: You, that yeah, is, that's impressive. Yeah. Because yeah, Pe- this is
1: like their best show. Ryan Ryan Johnson said that he wanted to give it kind of the NBC seventies feel. Uh he There's a filter on it. That's a little bit like that basketball show that you watched a long time ago, time. but
0: not as much. Not yeah.
1: as Crazy. He, he bought in influences like Magnum PI, The Rockford Files, Quantum Leap, Benjamin Bratt bought up things like Vanishing Point and Columbo, but you talk about a lot about how like people want to work with James Gunn. It seems like every single person wants to work with Ryan Johnson. So there's 10 episodes in this series every single episode has at least one guest star that is incredibly known like this guy like this guy was able to get so many people and apparently he was able again just because he was saying that he was working on the show which when you think about it with things like glass onion with things like knives out makes sense because the guy just continually has connections all over the
0: place honestly going back to the star wars thing just uh, i think that if they had given him all three movies and he had been able to map out exactly where he wanted it to go mm-hmm. that that would have been a better plan and the A lot of the problem was the fact that, like, whoever got it wasn't going to be able to dictate how it went with the next two or. Yeah. And uh, but but the show that it reminded me most of, oddly enough, was probably just because of the premise lie to me. Because the really? guy, yeah, the lightning character in that, that was the Tim Roth character. Mm-hmm. He was able to do something very similar where he could just read people's emotions. He studied them all his life. He actually had to put work into it. She can do it like she's been drinking the entire time. She either has Coors Light or um, or Heineken that she's drinking. But it, it it's just natural for her. For him, he's had to train. And But, like, it comes down to the same thing. Like, if he was in a poker game, he could do the exact same thing as her and just figure out whether someone's buffing or not. Um it didn't come across as dorky as it may seem, though, because like with that ability, you would think, "Oh, she's like almost a monk character." She yeah, uses right. that ability to solve cases, but no, this was this was a, a, a pretty interesting mystery thriller drama show
1: yeah i mean the series was shot in like or it was announced in march 2021 it was shot from april to october 2022 uh and then like new york times titled their review poker face is the best new detective show of 1973 um
0: people uh, it, but it takes place nowadays like yes. there are smartphones as i said there's an ipad um it, it, they do make references to things like you saw the pulp fiction you saw cliff make a joke about how her character is very similar to the burn notice character michael weston yeah people were really glad about that reference <laughs> writing is just really not cli- like cliche or or what you expect to see in like a peacock show well ryan donson went to natasha
1: Leone, wrote it with her in mind and literally was like it look does i want memory. i want you to be in this show and it, as far as natasha leon yeah she automatically agreed to it however since the sequel the nice out has already been cast there's one person that he says he's had a life goal like of trying to cast in it do you want to guess who it is no From, What We Do in the Shadows? Matt Berry. Someone was like, you should put Matt Berry in Knives Out 3, and then Ryan Johnson was like, it's been a life goal for me to work with them. You have also Entertainment Weekly, though, going back to the show, saying the storytelling evokes a lost mood in TV investigation. With its focus on the free spirit with no budget and no gun, they awarded the episode an A-. minus. The first four
0: episodes were released. I think they're
1: all over an hour. But, like,
0: if we were to talk about them, I would have to give each one of them their due time, and so I think it's good that we just did the pilot, the introduction and i will be watching the rest of it the the cons that i have are very few but there are a couple first of all the ipad when she's looking into figuring out like what uh natalie might have found that picture Mm -hmm. she, she she doesn't even know what she's looking for but she starts clicking away at it usually you get like three attempts and then it starts to slow down on you she clicks it for hours like she's just that's her day (laughs) <laughs> and so th- there's no limit to it. That didn't make much sense. Cliff also, like again, in the hallway, he it was just like a straight shot for him. He had already killed Natalie and Jerry and you, you could see that he's a trained killer mm-hmm. and yet he couldn't hit her for some reason. And then I know that Sterling has the resources to go after her, the older Sterling guy, the Ron Perlman guy. But at this point, it does seem a little incredible that especially with no funding now that his whales are gone, that he would be able to track her Across the world, it's not like the casino realm. With like, they they could hire some hitman, maybe, but I don't know how it would really practically be like a government going after you. This isn't going to be like Jack Ryan, where she's going to have to. Um, be skirting every single piece of law enforcement. But they kind of made it seem like that's where it was going. So I don't know. And then Sheriff
1: Parker, you buy him up for like a second, right? He was played by Noah Segan. The only reason I bring him up is because he was in The Glass Onion as well. And Mr. Corman for Yeah, Sheriff
0: Parker is the one that she sends the picture to in the end because he made the promise like, I'm not just going to let this slide, this Natalie murder. And then we find out that he sort of does because he's owned by the casino. But <laughs> at the same time, he seemed like he was a credible person. Just a little... He's kind of like the Stranger Things first season sheriff from that, where he's like, he'll take it seriously if it's if it matters.
1: A lot of people singled out Leon's performance as being the best thing in the show. The Guardian gave it four out of five stars and said, the detective series from Knives Out, writer Ryan Johnson, puts a refreshing twist on the mystery of the week structure. And just even by doing research for this show,
0: I'm probably going to be watching it. <laughs> oh, well. really? Yeah, probably. That's cool. I mean, the only other issue that I didn't include in my cons was that the very beginning... When Natalie first finds the photo, goes to her boss, I'm thinking the whole time, I'm like, she's dead. Like, her boss is going to kill her. He clearly doesn't want to get rid of his big client. And they didn't really try to to fool you. I mean, they did. Like, Adrian Brody didn't straight out say, well, you're going to die now. But, like, it seems so obvious that at first I was giving it, like, a major con because I was like, "This, I know what's happening. But then I realized that wasn't the point. It wasn't the fact that you knew that what was going to happen next. I just feel like they could have played that a little bit more subtly but overall, still in 8 to 8.5, all the characters felt like they had a personality. Right. Which is really nice. I yeah. mean, like, it,
1: it focuses around
0: basically five, right? Mm-hmm. Like and then we should talk about it for a second. The title of the episode was Dead Man's Hand. That's an actual hand of cards. And it's also where I think the suspicion first came into play for Charlie when she saw that the gun was in the wrong hand for Jerry. And then she put together that Jerry had actually had his gun taken from him When he went to the casino that day and that when he left the casino because he went through the metal detector and it didn't go off, he must not have had it. So that's how she knew that Cliff had brought it, uh, had taken it to uh, frame him. No, that makes sense. Yeah, it it was it was interesting. And then also it reminds me sort of like of a Queen's Gambit title because (laughs) Queen's Gambit is a move in chess and so like that's a moving cards eh. yeah i know that like, that this episode in particular has an
1: 8.7 on imdb and also uh it looks like johnson directed the first two episodes and i think he also directed the last episode yeah that's also, usually how it goes he wrote the penultimate episode and i think the first two episodes as well it's been a big it's been a big couple weeks for him like i said he's gotten the oscar nominations the golden globe wins and also like, i mean
0: i still think that everything everywhere all at once is going to win the best movie though i don't think glass onion has a shot glass
1: onion though like i mean it it apparently smashed records this week with the amount of minutes watched something like almost three billion minutes this week yeah just no this week it even beat out its record in its debut
0: week which was only like around two billion minutes wonder if they just started promoting it more did i also compare this to the old man because that's how it how it oh really where yeah by the end it's like one person's being chased You know, Mm -hmm. and so now she's kind of got that sarcastic personality and but she has the resources to survive. She's kind of like a cockroach in that way. (laughs) Anyways, uh, anything else that you want to say about the show and its its production? Basically, then that's all I've got. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.